Who's going to start the Katie McCabe rant? Is it going to be me or you, Emma? He knew he messed up the minute the whistle went because he went straight up to Katie and I don't know what he said. I should have started you. I don't think he said that, but he should be saying Subscribe that. to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. You know, that wasn't an All-Ireland winning performance. Probably should have won the game based on the second half performance. Is it a step too far to say it was the performance so far of the World Cup? Maybe not. OTBAN's performance rankings with Gillette. I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head. That performance is just lack that intensity. We're, uh, we're breaking protocol here and instead of starting in the red and moving to amber and finishing with the green, we're starting with the green because Ireland are in green and we figured that we need to give this enough time to let it breathe. It's one of those situations where there are literally too many storylines to be able to talk about this properly like unless we had, uh, you know, weeks to do it. And actually it turns out, luckily, we do have weeks to do it. So we will get to all the storylines. If there's a bit that you think we haven't covered today... Feel free to get all busy in our comments about, oh, you didn't talk about this. Like, yeah, I know. Okay, fair enough. But um, like, uh, there was just too much happening. Yeah. Well, I have one way to, to frame this, right? As, as you say, we have two weeks to talk about this. I watched the match on TV and I couldn't get over the atmosphere and attention in that first half and how exhilarating it was. You were both at the game. What was it like? I missed, I missed the whole uh, Sexton bawling his eyes out at Ireland's call. I couldn't because I was actually filming to send to the kids going because oh, uh, but I had missed the whole like him being unable to sing it and then desperately trying to sing it and the camera kind of panned away from me like just sat on Johnny Sexton for a minute and a half here let's see this you know he no was, because then then it becomes something that he's probably consciously uncomfortable about well you know it doesn't matter it was real it wasn't contrived no but to be fair it was great. That, that was amazing I thought that was absolutely amazing he was asked about that post match could mm. you see it on the big screen, yeah. So I was, yeah. I wasn't close enough to, but yeah, absolutely. It was, I was very, very striking. It was like, I mean, Ireland's call is quite maligned. Our national anthem isn't the most inspiring at all. You know, it's like I think most of the Irish were more up for the La Marseillaise because we love that anthem. Mm. We do. But, but, but Sexton was like, this was like, what? A, anyone who saw that was like, Jesus, this is something special about to happen here. I think he mentioned afterwards that um, they discussed the significance of the anthem in the build-up to the match. Mm. So well, it didn't come Monday, out of nowhere. Like on Monday, uh, Brian O'Driscoll and Craig Doyle, who the picture camera caught Craig Doyle in the crowd. Was I, that that was one of my highlights. Um, <laughs> And, uh, sorry, I've completely forgotten the name of the guy from Ulster who had come in with them, who was obviously part of uh, Brian's documentary. I looked at it for now a second when my brain starts working again. But um, they come in on the Monday, and it, like Stephen Ferris had mentioned, it pre-match as well. And uh, obviously they had decided that this is something about the togetherness that like, you know, the slow build-up from here to the World Cup, they've got to reach certain emotional pitches because you can't do this. They can't be crying for the anthems for the game against Italy, you know? I, I, I was in uh, I was in Canada last week on the way over eight hour flight or read the Willie Anderson book basically top to bottom and um his his you know, he was on about like the, the anthems and this is before kind of the Ireland's call time and um he made a point of saying that it was sort of a bit of an issue and you know, I I, I it did get me thinking, have have we sort of where are we with Ireland's call? You know, does it is it is it kind of half we half we half mock it and we half kind of like it because I I remember liking that start but now I kind of struggle to get going with this. But anyway, so when I was getting the flight back, I watched the Jack Charlton documentary. And is there a little bit of that now where we have an Englishman taking over what is going to be the greatest Irish rugby um, kind of spell of all time, and a very very likable one of that. Very likable. Like he's just. Is it's, there anything bad to be said about Andy Farrell? No, it's funny. It's how the, those uh, North of England people are very similar to us. It's true. You know, not those softy Southerners. It's, um, 
but you know people the, the players seem to love the camp they seem to love playing for him and there's I don't know Ger, what you thought of the game Saturday like if I was at three Irish rugby games last year I was totally underwhelmed because they completely bashed the three teams they were playing this was a proper test there was a great atmosphere at the game and Ireland battered France really I thought they were worthy of I mean, the stat about the time that was spent um, you know what was the stat column you had? A yeah, so France scored 19 points despite only spending a total of 57 seconds in Ireland's 22. 57. Or, or another way of looking at it is Ireland kept France out of the 22 for 79 minutes and 3 seconds. The, you know, the, the, there were so many moments as well. Like the, the Keenan try was like something out of the Super Bowl, the way it was worked. It was like, that's like something yeah. you'd see from a kind of a, a running back making a false run or something like that. And, An end around. And then... The French first try, like my my one gripe of rugby at the moment is that there's far too the players are too big to allow space for free movements of players like that, and that French try was insane. The handling, everything about it, and that was I was looking at the, the clock at after half an hour. It was like if this scoring continues, like this is going to be a basketball score. Yeah, the ingenuity was incredible because Roland Agar was on the show yesterday with Joe, and he said you don't practice that little scoop pass yeah. that France did, and I mean the margin for error is so fine at that level of the game because mm. that could have been another try for Ireland, and then twelve seconds later. France are touching down like it was a pretty good try some missed tackles in the middle which maybe if we'd lost <laughs> yeah, it was the combination yeah, yeah. of uh, was it Murray and, Ke- and uh, Keenan was it or Hansen bumped into each other basically trying to stop yeah. but um, I mean like the pace to get there and like you say it was a throwback kind of Barbarians-esque try from 50 years and, ago and sorry I was right beside like effectively where now there seemed to be a lot of French fans there when Alele Blue was 10, like 10,000 yeah. so I was beside like a big portion of and when when maybe when they broke the first tackle in that move, or the, the place absolutely lit up. I was like, Jesus, I've never seen this before. I'm visiting fans, the French fans could almost feel, oh, this could be this could be a try like of the ages. Oh, yeah, they can see and it. I was like, oh my god! And the 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 whole the French fans just seemed to be so up for it. Like I, I've never been at a game like it. Anyway, uh, the greatest. Six Nations game in history according to Owen Slot today in the Times so we're like oh this is one of the great games of all time mm-hmm. certainly one of the best opening halves 40 minutes and he does like that's the best he 40 minutes it, yeah. of international rugby I've seen and it's like no 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 this is definitely like uh, as good as you're going to see two teams like I actually think DuPont was man of the match I've never seen a performance as amazing. The Hanson tag was absolutely insane. <laughs> but that every, was insane. Everything else he yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. Everything yeah, else. Was the <clears throat> he was centrally involved in like, and he was there for, I, he might have been running the trail line for uh, that try as well. If, if it had. <clears throat> I would have crabbed him regarding the kick, but the more I look at the end, but the more I look at it, like was the pass necessarily on Ireland's defence seemed to be very good. And the other thing is that bounces, uh, bounces yeah. left instead of right. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, um, so we, we, we were relatively fortunate in, in many different ways, including the, uh, the try. It was never a try. It was fairly obvious in the ground. It James wasn't Lose. a try. I mean, I think the crowd did their bit. Um, Wayne Barnes kind of backed himself into a, a corner by saying on field decision try. It needs to be, you know, massively obvious. And then as soon as this try got scored, the picture emerges. I don't know who controls those pictures, but if this was in France, we would be complaining about the, the French. So you've got to, you got to hold your hands up and say, Whatever happened there, that's a failing on the part of the TMO and whoever's providing the pictures because it was clear his right foot was in touch. And I think it wasn't it, at the time, though. I think it was. No. I, I think yeah. there's no... I mean, if you understand how, like, angles go, mm. what goes up has to have come from somewhere. Mm. He can't go... <clears throat> he didn't go straight. So it, it had to be coming up. And it had to have come off the ground. I thought it was fairly obvious. Watching but, um, on TV, I, it seemed like was there was no way it was a try. 
I don't know what it felt like in the stadium watching it, but the one thing that I was laughing at, you see afterwards when uh, James Lowe was caught in the big screen and uh, did a face of like, I can't believe that's been allowed. And yeah. you could actually hear the, you could hear the crowd laughing from yeah. TV. He's, it was brilliant. He, is he like, I, I think he's, you know, they, they say Kiwis and Irish are kind of similar, but Jesus, he must be the most popular Kiwi, like, more popular than Joe Schmidt. Like, he's just, he's just the most likable fella and epitomises the, the smile on on the face of the players in the squad. I, and I thought as much as maybe he got fortunate, I thought the ingenuity of his footwork for that try yeah. was still amazing, even if we got lucky. He left the earth. Yeah, left oh, it's amazing. Earth. It, it was, was it unbelievable. Was a, it, yeah, and, it was and that incredible. probably goes to show his attitude towards life, which is just kind of go for yeah. it, and his reaction afterwards I'm, I'm to the camera. I'm fairly sure Brian Driscoll scored the exact same kind of try uh, that we got away with um, in the game the year after he scored his hat-trick. Uh, we never have been given now, but sure was given. And, uh, yeah. I, and I, it, look, here's the thing: like Ireland totally deserved to win that game, regardless was he, of what happened. Was he tackled? Was it a no arms tackle? And if it was a no arms tackle, then it's going to be a penalty try. And if it's yeah. a penalty try, then we get the conversion, and we actually, you know, France should have been down to fourteen. There was a ridiculous late tackle on Johnny Sexton that was missed. No, it wasn't missed. It wasn't missed. They played penalty advantage for that. Okay. Um, and there uh, we go. I, well, that's what yeah. he said. That's what Wayne Barnes said afterwards. You were playing penalty advantage, although he, he didn't. He nearly, have his arm yeah, we up. nearly scored from it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was 31 minutes without sex and the game was in the balance and Ireland mm. ended up winning the game with 13 points. Like, that's a, a really good sign ahead of the World Cup. Mm. But, I, like, were we back here in 2018 talking about the same thing? Heading into 2019, start of the year, being like, this could be it. What's the difference oh, now? Oh, totally. Well, absolutely. The difference now is that we won the first two games of the Six Nations. England came and, and yeah. physically just said, there's a really easy way to stop you doing what you're doing and that's just to smash it. Yeah. And first also, there was TV, just yeah. no strength and depth. Like, we were playing Robbie Henshaw full back in that game. Mm. and the style of play had not iterated we were like oh we were really good last year we're going to do exactly the same thing this year and we'll move on um, and now it seems as if that's not the case at all so proper strength and depth and uh, there you go everybody arguing in the comments about Ireland's call instead of celebrating what an amazing victory it was what's wrong with you people so come Irish on Irish people don't come know on. What, they don't know what to do with themselves <clears throat> we're just not used to having the best team in the world at any sport maybe individual sports were quite good at throughout the years of boxing and golf mm. but actually having the best team in the world undisputably if you saw the French reaction in the press uh, on Saturday evening and into Sunday it was like undoubtedly we lost against the best side of the world not just in the rankings. And you're, you're on about going back playing Astro 34. Like, like that, that run that Sexton made and that you're like... What? I know, yeah. Uh, incredible. Like incredible. 37 years Him old. Him and uh, and actually outstripping the... Was it the six, of the, the six of the seven from France? They're like... How good was Doris as well as, as somebody who's like... Who kind of watches rugby like in and out? I thought he was phenomenal. Like in, his handling, everything yeah. was like... The pass for the ring rows. Yeah. Know. Sorry, the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, 30 seconds in, spider camp... <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, I oh, forgot James about that. Yeah, yeah. I was see the spider cam like it rushed back really, like really, it was just embarrassed by what it had done. It kind of rushed back, like I don't want to be seen here. Show us the angle from above, you cowards! Like that's what I wanted to see. <laughs> oh, I to see where the ball hit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, then you you know when you jump off the screen like yeah. a bunch of that cowards. That footage like. must <laughs> exist somewhere because um, it's the same thing that happened in the NFL game the previous week in the championship game where the Eagles had hit it. Uh, but with a with a punt, but they couldn't find footage to prove that it had happened, yeah. even though the whole stadium had seen it. And because of that, they couldn't get, they couldn't retake it. <laughs> so I was like, I actually thought he hadn't kicked it well. Yeah, I was going to ask, did you have a view of it? Well, yeah, I started, yeah, we were behind it. I was like, that that wasn't a great kick. But actually, on the TV when I look back at it, it was it looked like it was going to be a good kick, and so therefore. Um, but we get the scrum. You're like, all right, that's okay, that's interesting. And then our scrum holds up. Like our scrum holding up. That's the first thing. 
Well, it's, it's scrum can't possibly hold up. We're missing all our best scrummages and our best players. And it's like, well, hang on a second now. I mean, um, was it Raj saying Ty Furlong doesn't just get the jersey back automatically? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a pair of them in it now. Yeah, Finley Beelham. Like yeah. if if that pop pass had come from Ty Furlong, there would be like, you know, the the fanboying would not stop. So Finley Beelham deserves every single bit of praise that's coming his way. Yeah, it suggested uh, Beelham's learning off uh, Furlong. And uh, that's what O'Gara was saying yesterday to Joe. He was like, in his own experience as a coach, that he will not want to uh, relinquish that shirt. No chance. Like, it's not like, uh, back mm. to you now, Tyke. He said, this is going to be seriously competitive. Yeah. And you're talking about potentially to have two different 15s here in Ireland that are extremely competitive. Well, that, that's one of the things that came up in conversation yeah. from their time in Portugal. We talked to Quinny about that in, in just a little while as well. Um, and then, was there something else? Oh, Tom O'Toole obviously coming on and like blasting through tackles. Like, yeah. Tom O'Toole's only 24, you know? So, like... He's not supposed to be world class just yet. He's got another three or four years of learning how to scrummage properly. And um, but if you can have that kind of impact, and we're this far down the depth chart at this point, then maybe he catapults himself up the depth chart a bit. And all of a sudden, like I think that's the bit that made them so happy afterwards. This wasn't our first team playing really well. This was like you know you're looking around who's fit, who's available, and um, and dealing with the problems that they had, and, and still. There were two or three tries a better team, I thought, on the yeah. day. Yeah. Really did. Now maybe in I was thinking this, like what will it be what will the difference be playing in France? Um but on that on that display Ireland are definitely better than France. Yeah, you just hope it didn't peak too soon, but I don't think they did. I don't think no, I I, um, I do think though that like home advantage matters a huge uh, amount. It, so when we play France it'll be in the Stade de France and there'll be like a tiny pockets of Irish fans. I think it was interesting that Farrell played that up for the match as well, because like I have been at Six Nations games and we spoke with this pre show about like the whole Ferrari about people going for beers. People didn't go for a beer Saturday in the game because as you say, they're they didn't want to leave. They didn't want to miss anything. But how could you? Like when um, the game's but, good, no one goes for beers. That's what happens. But like I was at Six Nations last where it was. There was just such a formality. It was quite dead. There was no real atmosphere there. And in fairness, I mean, I, I still think rugby is different to football in the, in the sense of the atmosphere. But it was it was pretty pretty amazing at times on Saturday. Yeah, I look. It's in such a good moment. Like we sit here Monday morning reflecting on that performance. You're talking about 13 consecutive Test victories at the Aviva, and in the last year, Andy Farrell's side has beaten every major side in mm. sport. France putting the the French victory putting the bow on that it's remarkable and like another thing too with like Ross Burns performance in the last half an hour definitely want to like, get Quinny on that because like, ah, we, we, we were touching yeah. that with Quinny and then like does anything epitomise Sexton's career so much as that sprint to help his team get up the pitch and then he got clattered and he basically wasn't the same after that and got subbed at the start of the second half and I'm like that is Sexton in a nutshell doing something remarkable sacrificing himself and inspiring the team to a victory but it's in a great place at the moment but yeah. it'll be interesting to hear Quinny talk about more it, it in is detail incredible. it is absolutely incredible like Sexton we should not take for granted just how incredible Sexton is at this stage of his career still oh, it's unbelievable still driving those standards still dominating the agenda pre and post match like it, it it is completely remarkable that at his age he is still able to do this um, the, the end of Owen Slot's piece Farrell has strength and depth to take on the world and he's like these are amazing these incredible times and he lists all the achievements and how great uh, Farrell is and then obviously talks about our natural national preoccupation with um, the quarterfinals and he's like yeah the draw means they will play Scotland and South Africa in their group and then New Zealand or France in the quarterfinals so even if they haven't peaked too early even if they haven't become too reliant on Sexton even if they haven't finished off or even if they have finished off with this Grand Slam and are still the number one team in the world it would actually still be no surprise if they didn't get beyond the quarterfinals 
Yeah, but like, let's enjoy the moment as well. That's what I'm saying. It's an unbelievable yeah. Six Nations campaign. Scotland are going to, you know, it's, it's, it's not a formality. That game in Edinburgh is going to be incredible as well. Yeah. Um, uh, England th- last at home. Mm. Potential Grand Slam, the first time to win it at the Aviva. Good, good question here from Flying Hellfish 99. Can we do away with silence for kickers? La Marseillaise during the kicks was great. Yeah. The French don't care. Yeah. None of that silence bollocks. Amo <laughs> did not react. Didn't even flinch. Yeah. And Ash Anthem was blaring out what he was saying. It was amazing. Yeah. Strangely, they took him off. I know Jean Bear came uh, on. And, uh, I don't think because he just he, he just, just landed kicked, a kick flawless as well. Um, and he done isn't a big fan of Ramo overall, but kicking wise, easy. Mm. Both their wingers, I thought, were sensational. I thought I thought Ramos was grand, to be honest. But anyway, okay, so that's in the green. What do you want to do now, Colin? We're in uh, uncharted well, territory. Well, we're just keep on going with green and then finish at red in the Welsh rugby. So the other green is uh, Manchester, Johnny, both on the uh, the male and female sides this weekend. All four victories. Yeah, right. great week for Man City, obviously. Um, I hope the book is thrown at them, but um, they seem to rally and their fans um, gave, it a, gave it a bit of a uh, welly yesterday for the victory over Villa. Man United it was a strange one. I watched a good bit of that game and uh, they weren't, they were under the cosh, but they're just finding a way of doing it. And uh, Rashford again, I mean, it's phenomenal what he's doing. And Rashford being a world-class header of the ball is like uh, last few weeks, new thing. It's unbelievable. Like, could you do that the whole time? <laughs> Absolutely. Were Eight you? goals in his last nine games. Incredible. Uh, uh, this is a Cantona-esque run to the league. Yeah. Uh, he, the, he's coming in the elite uh, mentality monster, as Jurgen Klopp once said about his own players. I don't know what Eric Ten Hag has done to that guy, but he is finally fulfilling the world-class potential that he's always had. Last year, like peop- most United fans were quite happy to see the back of Rashford he mm. played the Barcelona and PSG it's like yeah off which you maybe come back in a few years time get your head right and become the player that we know you can he's absolutely phenomenal at the moment and Tan Hag you know reacting to the disappointing two all draw against Leeds during the week with that performance they weren't as you said to me yesterday Johnny they weren't exceptional United by any means Leeds were decent but they got the job done it's a classic title winning type performance and Man United, Man United fans now like there's always this lovely feeling of your team wins and you watch Monday Night Football and Liverpool are have now become an irrelevance relative to Man United for the for the time being. Anyway. Well, they'll never be irrelevant. I know what you mean. The, as in, they're not yeah. like all of a sudden they're not challenging. Yeah, they're not even. <clears throat> are they challenging for the top four? No, they're nowhere near it. <sighs> Probably not at this stage. Yeah. So tonight's going to be fascinating. I think. Uh, but it's been an exceptional exceptional weekend for Manchester United overall. The in the WSL they went to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, beat Spurs two one, top of the league. So United could be winning one league title at least in WSL. My niece went to her first uh, football game yesterday. She went to this one, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, right? With uh, my sister and husband, and had the full Spurs kit on, and started loudly chanting for United. Cool. <laughs> she liked the red team. All right, or, fair enough. You're like knows herself. She sees she sees the potential on this side to actually win the league. There we go. Typical Man United fan though, living in London, right? <laughs> They're trying to make her a Spurs fan. She's not having it. She knows. Fair enough. Um, maybe they should have taken her to a game where they were going to win, but um, a rookie mistake that they they can rectify when. I don't know, Villa roll in town or somebody else. Uh, I thought the team that Pep picked was interesting. Um, it was basically the Harlem Globetrotters side. And in the middle of the game, the commentary, they're like, oh, you can't, you can't do this. You can't do this against Arsenal. Bernardo Silva's at left back. It's like, oh, it's funny. It's funny they're missing somebody who, if had been playing in that same position, they would have been like, oh, wow, look at Cancelo. Look at his positioning. It's so mature and intelligent. What an articulation of his philosophy this is. But because it's Bernardo Silva, they're like, well, it's gonna suck he's going to be running up against us. That's not going to work. So we'll see what happens. But I did feel like that was a team picked to go and beat the shit out of Aston Villa in the first half, dominate the game, and then go, yeah, 
This is us. Come on. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe in hindsight you're saying that like they were thrilled. Oh no, I said it. I saw. I said you think I saw. so? I saw, <laughs> yeah. I saw the team. Oh really? Like, well, it was three at the back and yeah. five. All the world's best forwards. <laughs> like, so, I saw a tweet say like someone tried to find me four defenders in this Man City side. <laughs> He's not having it at all. Uh, but don't worry now with Erling Haaland going off injured at half time. Yeah, I didn't see in that. It's serious. Uh, uh, they were like hopeful, and it's in the back pages there that he might be there for the game. But I don't know. I mean, look, you know. They'll all go back and go. Uh, did you, the post match, the uh, Gundogan post match interview, mm. uh, Jeff Reeves was probing a little bit around as much as you can do in those. It's like, oh, Erling, and they, yeah, he played well. I mean, he was making the runs to create space for other players like he's supposed to. Obviously, he scored a load of goals. This was Gundogan in his like slightly clipped Germanic. And you're like, okay, that's interesting. He's a uh, captain having a, having a go off. Haaland. Haaland's not been playing that well recent games though, like in fairness. So he made a goal in the first half, right? Mm. And he and he made some other runs. And like, it, you know, Haaland hasn't been playing well. The rest of the team hasn't been playing well. Mm. Do you know? Like, and Haaland has scored more goals by Christmas than, you know, mm. most Premier League scorers uh, will score in the whole season. So the, the criticism of Haaland, whatever is, you know, whose job is it to make him fit in the team? It's everybody's job. But they weren't, like, there was definitely an undercurrent there. Like, well, it's, it's up to him. Well, I was asking, I was asking Clive Allen on Friday in the kickoff, like, as brilliant as Haaland is, generational talent and all that, it was like, did he pick the wrong club to go to? Because he's going to score goals regardless of where he plays, but he seems. We were saying this at the start of the season and it looked like the most ridiculous thing ever. Can I just ask you though? So he's, he's co-opted Clive Allen's experience, goals. He loves name, Clive Allen. Celebrity. And uh, into his point, Clive Allen roundly dismissed it. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the record, there for everybody who's watching, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm putting it, it to I, you. I could be there on a Monday night, right? Just kind of minding my own business, maybe watching like TG Cahar or something, and I would get a, a WhatsApp in of Clive Allen scoring a goal for QPR um, yeah. from Colum. There's, there's a lot of bromance. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that, I think that happened once, but it was, it was memorable when I did it because it was New Year's. It was New Year's when I did mm. it. But, I mean, our latest chat was to do with music. There, there we go. So it could be anything. Um, there is a little bit of a debate around Haaland now if that doesn't sound ridiculous as in at times when when you're playing like a kind of a defence that's sitting back a bit and Man City are, are a bit lethargic and a bit slow in possession he doesn't look as, he doesn't really look like he's the amazing player that he is um, so yeah it'll be interesting Gundogan for me he's very interesting in interviews he's actually quite candid yeah, he yeah. questioned their questioned their hunger effectively well there was a like, skirmish for the penalty he was going to take yeah. the penalty and he had to step in yeah yeah. yeah. and let Maris take it I think Rodri was around the ball Haaland was around the ball yeah what's Rodri doing like I've already scored one I'm going to score again it's like but <laughs> what are you talking about that's not how this works yeah, I couldn't have wondered well there right I d- it didn't look like Haaland was Haaland was like no it's his turn he, he, he's in anyway yeah alright okay. we'll move on Keep, to Amber <clears throat> yeah what's an Amber Johnny you don't uh, know what is an Amber, actually? Amber is... Arsenal, again, I, I didn't see this game, so I am... Um, but but we are, we are at that moment where Arsenal... Is this the sort of... What are we, the two-week run where they kind of um, lose their grip on the Premier League? And it did sound like uh, we had a big kind of VAR debacle for uh, Arteta. Um, I, I feel a little bit... Lee Mason forgot to draw the line. Yeah. He forgot to draw the line. Like, not liter- not, not, not draw the line in the sense of, like, I've had an off here. In draw the actual room, line. He forgot to accurately assess the situation. Mm. So, Brentford's goal should not have stood and Arsenal should have won. But now it's great for the league because Man City won and it's really tight again. Yeah, although you'd probably nearly want Arsenal to be further. You'd want them to be five or seven clear because you, you think if, if Man City win Wednesday. No, but I'm, that's, I think it's great for the match this weekend. Like this, uh, just, as you say, only two days away. 
this Wednesday it's kind of gone under the radar Arsenal play Manchester City yeah. and now it's tantalising after what happened at the weekend um, big challenge for them now after this uh, this run of games um, but it, it does sound like they're a little bit unfortunate um, I don't know where I am at VAR I, just, I think it's gone from one extreme to the other of late where it's missing ridiculous things well I, I suggested it goes into the performance rankings chant mature yesterday and we were both like ah, VAR here's the thing it's a, like, so it's, it's exactly the same it's human error but it's like uh, slightly less egregious that's it yeah. the, oh I put the flag up I didn't put the flag up it's the same thing it is, that it'll is, get better I think that's know. exactly it it is human error it's still mm. a human being making the decision yeah. VAR is just assisting now, literally it, assisting Yeah, I don't know if you're following the uh, evolution of AI but we're over the weekend everybody's like oh the the evolution of AI has been uh, linear for decades and then all of a sudden it has stopped being and now it's become exponential and now it's reaching a point where it's hyper exponential so I guess within the next 18 months is that there'll be no there'll be no human involved in any of the decision making in this that there'll just be like we'll know immediately when a ball is kicked <clears throat> they do it in tennis and they take the challenges away now so players have three challenges remaining but instead, it's um, literally like it will tell you, the system will tell you whether it's in or out and you just get on with the game quickly. And yeah. that's exactly where football should get to. Brentford, though, unbeaten in 10 in the Premier League. Amazing. Brentford are really good. They're incredible. They're just the second side to take points off Arsenal at the Emirates this season. Newcastle were the other. Mm. Uh, overall, though, Arsenal could have been in the red. WSL, they lost to Manchester City 2-1. Katie McCabe on the bench again. Came on. So they, they were, it's very, very dark amber. They could have gone to red here, Arsenal. They just squeaked it because the, they didn't lose against Brentford. The big news of the weekend, obviously. We, we, okay, so we're going to get to the red. Uh, Evan Ferguson came off the bench, just so you're all. Yeah, 57th minute, yeah. <sighs> That's okay. They were also pretty good. And um, sorry, we should have. That was a concern. And had another VAR disallowed goal there. Brighton. We should have put Chris Hutton in the green. He's got, uh, got the gig in Ghana full time. Mm-hmm. It looked like they were heading that direction. Um, so uh, we wish them all the very best. Uh, what is in what else have we got in red? Red, we have. Uh, we can start here with Nathan Jones. It's all Welsh, all well, red. Yeah. Very Welsh team. Nathan Jones, ninety-four days in the job in a three and a half year contract. Mm-hmm. Lost seven of his premier, eight Premier League games in charge. Lost nine of his fourteen games overall. They did beat Manchester City in the League Cup in the quarter final to reach the semi final of the League Cup under Nathan Jones. And he got the job in November, so he would have had uh, a significant impact in the League Cup. So there was that. But once those comments aired after the Brentford defeat last weekend, where he says, I've had to compromise my beliefs in order to uh, progress. Well, he's also bigging himself up as one of the best managers, statistically. And you're you're like, well, if some of the board is trying to back you here, sometimes I wonder... um, do players sort of not necessarily take to a manager and at a particular club because he's obviously been so good at Luton where he'd obviously lost the plot of late and it was the game was up and I think in fairness to the board they were like trying to give him a chance but the, you know you can't be you can't be gambling on your your Premier League future with the money involved. No, um, he was referencing yeah, referencing his uh, spell two spells with Luton Town and he's saying pound for pound we had the mm. best statistics in the championship. Uh, Sky Sports looked into it, published those stats, and that was not the case. Then no. you're done, kind yeah, of, yeah. Done, yeah. And, and of course, Lance and Jared and the likes being referenced as potential. I mean, it'd be, be good fun if it were to happen. I'd say Jesse Marsh might get it. Jesse Marsh, heavy link this morning. Yeah. Southampton, a big fan of his uh, high pressing style. No, Leeds players weren't, but maybe Southampton fans will be. All right. Well, it's rugby in the green, sorry, in the red, obviously. Um, new lows, new lows, week on week. We thought that, like, you know, we'd, we'd expose them somehow and that the. Uh, the team that they picked this week could be, be a backlash, but no sign of the backlash. How much, how much of this is Welsh, Wales being shite or Scotland being actually quite good? I think we need to be very, very wary of Scotland. Mm. Like yeah. um, Finn Russell, you know, Finn Russell seems to be all in. Uh, Has there ever been a better display of kicking to find, uh, you know, a winger? 
Like it was, some of his kicks were just yeah. so on the button. Now I'm also wondering, are Wales that bad? They looked so bad in so many well, aspects. Was a maverick anyway, regardless oh, of Wales. Like that, that so pass. He, um, I mean, he's had a baby. That that seems to have um, settled him down. His partner's moved to Paris, and um, so uh, fully tuned in. Finn Russell faces Ireland in the World Cup. Stands between us and. Um, place in the quarterfinals what about the Six Nations I mean uh, yeah, the they play us in the Six Nations this is the big game in the group like forget yeah. about the World Cup for a moment. Like, lo- losing to this Ireland and Scotland side is no shame but the manner of the of both defeats have mm. been alarming uh, can you, do you think Warren Gatlin's like uh, I shouldn't have never go back mm. do you think he's regretting it do you Gatlin no I don't think so. I think that uh, this is uh, like a really difficult start like this gives you the opportunity to go in and completely revolutionise whatever it is that you need to do. And I, he clearly loves Welsh rugby. He, he He's obviously very suited to the temperament there. And, you know, there'll be a, a crowd of kids coming through between now and the next World Cup. And he's he's got a contract that takes him up to at least halfway, but with the option to go the whole way. So anyway, right. That's this week's. Anything else? That is this week's. That is this week's Gillette Labs performance rankings. OTBAN's Performance Rankings with Gillette.